Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. It's episode 220 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. You can find us at www.clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS Media. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Trags, T-R-A-G-S. My pleasure to welcome to Patriots podcast this week, Mark Daniels, an outstanding beat writer uh, for the Patriots for the Providence Journal. Uh, Mark has been covering uh, sports uh, in New England through, since uh, 2007. As you say on your Twitter uh, homepage, uh, Mark, I, I like the fact that you uh, say that you have cockily reported <laughs> uh, the Patriots and uh, news since 2007. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Trag. Yeah, so someone actually accused me of um, cockily reporting news, and I said, you know what, that has to has to be my new motto. So I'm I'm going with it. That works perfectly for your ID under the avatar. I do like it. So <laughs> we can follow uh, Mark Daniels, by the way, at Mark Daniels PJ. Uh, that's Mark, of course, with a K, M A R K Daniels. PJ. Let's get right to it, Mark. Uh, a lot of news uh, this week uh, regarding the Patriots as um, they uh, get ready for the Denver Broncos and a team that uh, I think they should handle, quite frankly, in Denver. Uh, but the, the injuries continue to pile up. The Patriots thought they were going to get Shea McClellan back off injured reserved, and lo and behold, uh, he suffers a concussion. Uh, sometime between the time that the Patriots last played their bye week and now, and he not only goes back on injured reserve and is done for the year, the Patriots lose one of their two uh, eligible to return off IR spots, uh, and they have to go out and sign uh, Ricky Jean Francois. Uh, he played a couple of games this year, six games with the Green Bay Packers. What do you make of all of this? Yeah, it's, it's, sort, of, um, it's sort of a mess for the Patriots right now. You know, as, as we all know, that the trade deadline you know came and went without them adding any defensive help, and, and I think part of their reasoning, honestly, was that Shea McClellan was going to come back. Right. That's the reason why they, you know, they brought him back. That's the reason why he was practicing. I mean, really, from from what I understood too, the Patriots were actually waiting to place Dante Hightower on the injured reserve in order to just bring McClellan back because that way they wouldn't have had to cut cut anyone when McClellan came back. So it kind of made sense. You know, put wait, wait a couple weeks, put Hightower on the IR, 
you bring Shane McCullen back, and all of a sudden you have a guy who, you know what, he might actually be your second-best linebacker now behind Kyle Van Noy. And it really, you know, you kind of view it as, or would have viewed it as a midseason type pickup, almost similar to Deion Lewis last year when they got him back for the second half of the season. Right. You know, now all of a sudden there's no Shane McClellan. He's gone. You you lose one of those IR to return spots, and you're, you're rolling now with Kyle Van Noy, Alan Roberts, David Harris, Marquise Flowers, and, and Trevor Riley. It's not an ideal situation, and I think that's kind of a continued theme through the season because it, it hasn't been ideal, right? You say offensively you don't really want to lose. Obviously you can't lose Tom Brady, but aside from him, who's the next guy? It's, well, Julian Edelman, bam. You, you, know, he, you know, he goes down. Then defensively, yeah. Who can't you lose defensively? Well, it's Dante Hightower, and just so you know, the, the hits keep on coming. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the Patriots do this better than anybody else. They play to the system, not to their stars. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, they – certainly have a lot of great players, but they're players that they do have uh, in reserve, the depth on their uh, their roster, Mark, and you and I have known this for over the last several years, it's quality depth and they understand what their role is in the system. That's why it works and that's why I think they're able to you know, absorb so many of these losses. And that's why it's dangerous to ask, is there a particular tipping point? It just doesn't seem like the Patriots, you know, obviously barring Tom Brady going down, they never seem to really get to that tipping point. I'm just wondering, you know, with the losses uh, on the edge, uh, if they are approaching that tipping point. You know, every time I think they are, they prove me wrong. I mean, you, you know, you flash back to 2015 when over a dozen players were on the injured reserve. You know, Gronk was banged up. Edelman, you know, broke his foot, came back, re-injured his foot. Nate Solder was out. Pats lost both the running backs with Garrett Blunt and Deion Lewis. I mean, the Patriots were so banged up in 2015, it was ridiculous. But even so, they were a two-point conversion away from going into overtime with the Denver Broncos, the eventual Super Bowl champions in the AFC Championship. So, you saw right there when when you simply have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, good things usually happen, good things usually follow. So th- this season, it's, you know, you look around the NFL and you say, yeah, yeah, the Eagles look great. But aside from them, everyone kind of has some issues, right? The Steelers always have some ups and downs, and the Broncos and the Raiders, who we thought would be killers, are, are not killers. So all of a sudden, even though you know the Patriots, their, their talent level sort of keeps going down due to injury, you still have – Belichick, you still have Tom Brady, you still have Rob Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks, and, and defensively, you know, you get Stephon Gilmore back, you have Butler, McCourty, Chung, and, and Trey Flowers, so it's really crazy to say this, but even after losing Hightower and Edelman, and uh, you know, you're not getting help with McCullen, you still expect him to be there in January, come the AFC Championship, right? It's, it's almost like right. there's, there's no doubt, just because of, you know, what's transpired here in the last 18 years. Well, i got to tell you, Mark, and another player... You wrote about him uh, today that is going to be critical now in the Patriots' defensive scheme as Dietrich Wise. He's a fourth-round rookie, and I think certainly he uh, has the kind of confidence that you're looking for from a rookie player. You don't want him to you know, overstep his bounds, and I don't think in the Patriots' locker room there's ever any threat of that happening. But you do like what he – I like what he told you, and that is – and you wrote about this – I don't believe in the rookie wall or anything like that. Give me your takeaway, what you wrote about Dietrich Wise. 
I, I got to be honest. I love that kid. He he was awesome. Um, he has a great head on his shoulders. But yeah, he he told me he didn't believe in the rookie wall. And said that even when he played college football and after their 12 game seasons, he he was never tired. He never needed a break. Keep himself in in good condition. And he thinks he thinks that's important because as he said, you know he he's happy with the first half of the season. You know, three sacks tied with the team lead with quarterback hits of Trey Flowers, but. He knows there's stuff he needs to improve upon. That, that's what he's doing right now. I mean, he, he's focused on being better against the run, getting off his blocks quicker, you know, getting to the quarterback more. And he's just so focused on what he needs to do to be a better player. It's um, it's it's really cool to hear and see from a rookie. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't act like a he doesn't act like a rookie. Honestly, from some of the guys, you know, we we meet down there, he he kind of seems like mentally maybe he has it figured out. And you're right. I mean, he's. He's that long type defensive end that you don't have because you don't have Chandler Jones, and he—it's he, kind of a cool opposite with Trey Flowers, your shorter defensive end who relies more on power. And if you can get Dietrich Wise going here in the second half of the season, that's going to be huge because right now the, the Pats, I believe, they're they're tied for 23rd in the NFL in total sacks, and that's not where you want to be. You know, you want to give the secondary more help. You need you need more pressure on the quarterback. And you're right; it, it starts with you know guys like Dietrich Wise and, and Trey Flowers. Yeah, what concerns me, though, uh, and I don't know how much, and, and you can certainly chime in here, how much you think Ricky Jean Francois, a 30-year-old, can contribute uh, midway through the season. But the concern I have is they've got to play the Buffalo Bills twice, and I know they lost that horrific game in New York to the Jets on Thursday night football, uh, but I still think that the Bills – uh, could present some serious problems to the Patriots. Uh, you still have the, the Raiders in, in Mexico City. You have the Steelers. Um, and you have the Dolphins twice. I mean, what are your expectations as we uh, get the second half of the season kicked off? Yeah, I agree with you. It's crazy because I originally thought that Denver-Oakland swing would be the toughest part of the schedule. But all of a sudden, you know, you look at the week 13, 14, 15, on the road, Buffalo, Miami, and Pittsburgh – I think that's the harder stretch right now, the second half. And, and I agree. I think the matchup with the Bills in Week 13 away is, is probably their, their toughest game right now. You look at Tyrod Taylor, and that's actually the biggest worry. I mean, the Patriots couldn't – they had trouble containing Josh McCown of the Jets. He's, he's 38. You know, I mean, even Matt Ryan ran for a first down. We saw what Deshaun Watson did. We saw what issues they had with Cam Newton. And all of a sudden, Tyrod Taylor is that mobile quarterback. I mean, he's a lot faster than Josh McCown, so – the Pats haven't been good against those type of quarterbacks this season. And, yeah, I mean, Buffalo, they always – it seems like these AFC teams, AFC East teams, they always give them trouble, right? It's like every year they have that weird loss somewhere, whether it be, you know, in Miami <laughs> or, you know, right. they have those close games against the Jets. But, yeah, Buffalo, that's definitely what sticks out to me. And but Week 15 at Pittsburgh, I think that's going to tell us a lot. You know, that's two weeks before the playoff starts. We're going to find out if this defense has some of those, you know, communication problems truly fixed. Because Ben Roethlisberger, although he started off poorly, he is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Talking with Mark Daniels, Patriots beat reporter for the Providence Journal. I want to tell you about a new product that I've run across. It's Harry's Razors. I love the product. I swear by the product. 
One of the things I like about Harry's the most are their incredible quality of their blades. Really amazing blades. And not only that, but they give you a special plastic uh, cover to protect them and make them last longer. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades that they'll give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash patriots. Just pay for the shipping. Why Harry's? Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy, just two ordinary guys who were fed up with buying overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure the highest quality. All products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Harry's offers their blades at half the price of the leading five-blade razor selling directly to you over the Internet. Claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. That's a $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover the shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and what I mentioned at the top, a great travel blade cover to protect those great blades. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash patriots right now. That's harrys.com patriots. Speaking with Mark Daniels, outstanding beat reporter for the Patriots for the Providence Journal. I want to turn the focus now to uh, the offense, uh, Mark, and uh, I think as an area that certainly the Patriots have underperformed this year so far anyway. Uh, they've been kind of disappointing in the red zone. They're actually converting just exactly half of their red zone opportunities into touchdowns, and that puts them uh, tied for 19th, I believe it is, in the National Football League, nowhere near where everybody thought they would be coming into the season in, in a critical offensive category. I know this week in the uh, conference calls with the coordinators, uh, Red Zone and Josh McDaniels was asked about it. He took a little bit of the fall for the bad spacing in the Red Zone. I want to get your take on what it's going to take for this Red Zone to start clicking with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, in the last three games, they've converted only 41% of those opportunities into touchdowns, which is very unpatriot-like. And I think the the problems they've had have, have been – it's not one thing you can say, but for example, the last time they played against the Chargers, what was happening when they were getting inside the 25, they, they weren't running the ball efficiently in first down. There were multiple times when it was either Deion Lewis, James White, or Mike Gillisley, or I think actually one of them was Rex Burkhead. They're only gaining one, two yards. So all of a sudden, you're in second and long. You know, that, that second and eight, second and nine situation, and for whatever reason, the Pats couldn't get out of it. Part of it also was the offensive line play, and you know, these second and longs come up and they turn into whether it be third and six, third and eight, you don't have time to throw the ball. You're, you're not going to convert, and you're going to be forced to kick a field goal. So in order for the pass to turn these things into touchdown, one, Tom Brady needs more than, you know, 2.1 seconds to throw. But two, if you are going to run the ball on first down, you have to be more efficient. You have to gain 40 yards, and they just they weren't doing that when, when they needed. But you're right. It's been, it's been uncharacteristic. It's been unpatriotic, and it's it's been a struggle. It's It's been sort of shocking to see, too, because the first four games of the season, they're averaging 32 points per game, and all of a sudden, you know, the last four, it's really been the defense that's that's led the way. So, I mean, I would imagine when you have Tom Brady and, and all these guys that it, it's going to be figured out, but if it's not, that is sort of um, an, an issue that you need to correct. Well, and you were on that conference call, and you heard McDaniels talk about 
you know, the spacing and the the one thing that we've seen that we haven't seen in years past is, and I don't know if this is because Julian Edelman is out, gone for the year and, and not part of the red zone equation, but guys running in into, well, not into each other per se, but certainly running too close together, winding up too close together at the end of their routes in the red zone. And, you know, a couple of times this year, or last couple of weeks anyway, you don't know who Tom Brady's actually throwing to in the red zone, and you never used to say that. Yeah, that's a great point, and you're right. A lot of it has to do with Julian Edelman. I mean, when when he's been healthy, he's been Tom's favorite target on third down. That's That hasn't been a secret, but with him out, really your your best guy to go vertical over the middle of the field is Danny Amendola. But as we all know with Danny, he, he is not durable just because of the way he plays, the position he plays, you know, the stature that he is. It's, he's going to get hurt. He has been hurt, so he's not out there a lot. So you lose Danny, really your only slot receiver. You're looking at Brandon Cooks, who's more of a, a vertical deep threat. He doesn't do great on those, you know, those slants and those, those comeback routes. You have Gronk, who... You know, again, has has durability issues, and he's not the type of guy you want to see over the middle. So that's led to more opportunities for a guy like Chris Hogan. But what happens when he goes over the middle? Well, he's getting beat up pretty bad. He has a shoulder injury. He has rib injuries. So, yeah, honestly, I I actually you're right. It starts with Julian Edelman, and I don't know if the Pats offensive has really been able to find a rhythm without him this season. Okay, so with Chris Hogan out at least a couple of weeks, okay, with the shoulder injury that he suffered – uh, toward the end of the uh, last game, uh, the Chargers game before the bye. Philip Dorsett is going to step into the four now, and he's been the hot topic uh, of conversation this week. What can we expect to see from Philip Dorsett, and is it a realistic expectation that uh, maybe he can contribute in the clutch, or is he going to have to? <laughs> I mean, he'll definitely be out there more. I think if it was up to Tom Brady, it would not be Philip Dorsett who he wants to throw to in the clutch. I, I think one of his issues this year have been, has been getting on the same page as Tom. And if you've noticed with, with some of the balls they have been able to connect with, sometimes to me it almost looks like Dorsett doesn't compete like he wanted to. I think there was a there was an interception Tom threw t- towards him earlier in the season, and I thought my, my first response was, it didn't look like Philip Dorsett really went up and, and tried to get it, and it doesn't look like they've been on the same page. Now you're right. Belichick even said today that Philip Dorsett said they're, they're giving him more. They're putting more on his plate. And you know what? You've been here for half the season. It's it's time to go out there and, and produce somewhat. You know, I don't expect him to catch six balls for 100 yards, but if he could just make a little bit more of an impact, you know, whether it even be two, three catches, I, I think that will help. But with with Tom, I mean, you're you're looking at Cooks, Gronk, James White all the way, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see Rex Burke get involved more in the passing game either. Speaking with Mark Daniels, Patriots beat reporter for the Providence Journal, fantasy football fans, listen up! If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app. Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's just uh, it's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of the last-minute injuries for you. 
draft starts every couple of minutes so you can join one right now and the best part play for cold hard cash drafts start from just one dollar so there's a draft for everyone there's no salary caps play in a real live snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league so come and join me today on draft download the app at any time just search draft in your app store and join in a game in only minutes or play right from your computer on playdraft.com whatever you want for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use my promo code patsby that's right play a real money game for free just for using my promo code patsbeat on your first deposit on draft just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and play for free with promo code patsbeat again talking with mark daniels outstanding beat reporter covering the patriots for the providence journal so on brian hoyer mark i i wanted to really ask bill on monday and i think you heard me ask him about what they can realistically expect from Hoyer, how he's going to get it up to speed. What I really wanted to ask him was, so when you're up 40 at the start of the fourth quarter this week in Denver and Tom's out of the game, what will you be looking for from uh, Brian Hoyer? What are you looking for for Brian (laughs) Hoyer, uh, Mark, in terms of him getting back into the the swing of things here in New England? Well, you know, really with him, it it all starts with the the scout team and and giving your starting defense a, a look every single week and you know this this in a way you know work out for the pats where you get a guy who's already done that he did it for three seasons under brady and belichick he knows what to expect now he didn't really work with mcdaniels all that much because mcdaniels was here sort of late in the 2011 season right so he only was with josh for one year but still the the, the offensive system around tom brady hasn't changed regardless if it's weiss o'brien or, or mcdaniels so I think that experience will certainly help because his impact will, won't be seen in the stat sheet. It will be seen by the defense, and hopefully giving them the right looks. Now, if he does get on the field, um, hopefully it is in you know, a blowout, like you said. And uh, if it's not, you just, you just hope this guy doesn't screw up, right? You hope he doesn't, he doesn't mess up because, although I, I like Brian Hoyer, but when he has played a lot, it seems like you can always count him for those one or two interceptions at inopportune times. So that's certainly a worry and, and hopefully it's um you know it's in practice where he where he throws the ball the most. Well I mean and and we laugh, okay, but he's played in playoff games. Uh if I remember yeah. correctly, he was the one who started that shutout loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> correct? You're you're right, yeah. And and so he's been in some big game situations on his own with the Texans. Uh, you know, not many big game situations, obviously, with San Francisco. But he has been around the league. He's been exposed to a lot. And God forbid if Brady were to go down, let's just say even for a week, you know, he is somebody you would expect at his age to be able to come in, step in, and assume the reins and, and do a credible job. That's really all you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, I kind of think back to the times that backup quarterbacks have played here, and you know, people automatically go to Matt Castle and what he did, and of course, in LA, you were playing with a team that went undefeated the season before, but even last year, you know, um, they they did beat the Texans with Jacoby Brissett, and you know, they had to alter their game plan, they had to run the ball a lot, but they were able to do that. I mean, with Jimmy Garoppolo, who you know is is in my opinion an above average quarterback, they won two games with him and they went on the road as underdogs to Arizona. So yeah, if Brian Hoyer does play for the Pats in the event he does, 
the Patriots are still going to win games because they're the Patriots, and it's Bill Belichick scheming. Um, it's it's interesting though. You're right. I mean, this is this has certainly been an, an interesting season, and this this storyline has been kind of a wild one, shocking one, if you ask me. All right, you were on the conference call on Tuesday, and you asked uh, Bill about uh, the Broncos' defense. Granted, they were blown out 51-23 at Philadelphia, <laughs> but it wasn't all the defense. There was a lot of garbage time scoring and whatnot. But this Denver defense is still. Um, among the very best and certainly among the most star-studded in the National Football League. Um, obviously start with Von Miller. He is, you know, an MVP type of player still for the Broncos. Uh, you know, an, an NFL defensive player of the year type of talent still on the on the Broncos doing a great job. You have Brandon Marshall, you have Derek Wolf, and then you have the secondary, which I know you, you focused on, uh, Chris Harris Jr. and obviously Aqib Tlaib, and then uh, Bill uh, reminded us of Bradley Roby is back there. This defense, your take on whether or not they can make it a game on Sunday night? You know, theoretically they should be able to because they have so many good players. It's it's actually been surprising that they, they've been sort of bad this year. Um, obviously last weekend, allowing 51 points is, is never good, but I was looking at them today, and it's almost surprising to me that, you know, looking over the sack leaders and they're, they're tied for only 16th in the NFL. And you look over their roster and it's, yeah, Von Miller is, is a monster. He has eight sacks this season, but then the next guy below him was um, Shaq Barrett with three. In fact, um, what's his name? Shane Ray doesn't have any, any sacks yet. That, that was sort of shocking. And I think for whatever reason, some of those veteran players are, are underperforming, you know, I guess I keep believe is getting a little older, but, you know, you expect for him to be able to play like a shutdown corner. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. is in the prime of his career, and he only has one interception this season. He doesn't even have as many pass deflections as Bradley Roby. So they should be able to. And, and I would imagine with them getting embarrassed against Eagles that they'll have, you know, that, that chip on their shoulder, as we all like to say, that, that extra motivation. I would expect a good game because it's the Broncos. Um, it just, you know, that, that hasn't been happening for whatever reason. Um, this year and I'd expect a lot of that too is based on the offense and I wouldn't be surprised if you know those guys in defense are just frustrated by what's been transpiring there well I mean they you know and I wrote about this uh today that you know when you talk about the quarterback situation in Denver it's pretty much a dumpster fire and I didn't think so at the beginning of the year you know when they started Trevor Simeon and they come out with wins um against the Chargers and then they hammered the Dallas Cowboys and everybody, their eyebrows were raised because, wow, Trevor Simeon looks like the real deal. And then they just fell off a cliff. And I'm, I'm at a loss to understand why a guy like that goes from being so good to so bad uh, with weapons like Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and a running game, Mark, that is averaging 4.3 yards per carry with guys like C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles, and Devontae Booker. You're right. Their run game has been it's been pretty bad. You know, actually, uh, if someone owns C.J. Anderson in fantasy, I, I certainly understand that. But yeah, they have three running backs: C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles, and Devontae Booker. And for whatever reason, no one's really been able to to take the lead and, and really. I think that's always been important for the Broncos. You know, it was important when they had Peyton Manning. It was important last year. They need to run the ball in order to have success because they don't really have that, that marquee quarterback. So you need to establish the run. So they haven't been able to do that. And then, yeah, Brock Osweiler, you know, at the end of the day, just wasn't getting it 
I mean, Trevor Simeon wasn't getting it done, you know, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And that's, it's almost surprising to me just because like you said, you know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they're, they're good targets. So it's, I think as a lot of teams find find out in the NFL, if you don't have the right quarterback, you're going to have problems, and it, and it seems like this has been a recipe for disaster in Denver. But don't you think, Mark, you know, averaging 4.2 yards every time you run the ball, those are good numbers. I mean, and, and their three yeah. feature backs are all above four yards, 4.2 for C.J. Anderson, 4.4 for mm-hmm. Charles, and Devontae Booker's at 4.6, and they've all – you know, been in the end zone one time each, but you should with those kind of numbers. I would think that, um, and and they have no huge runs that would like you know throw those averages way off, like a seventy-five yard run right. or a ninety-yard run. They don't have any really any of those figures. They it just seems like to me maybe Mike McCoy isn't giving the ball to the running backs enough or in the right situation. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because you know at the at the end of the day I think yeah they're like over the last three games they're averaging just under a hundred yards they're averaging ninety three yards per per game on the ground which like you said when you have three talented backs and you have a bad quarterback that shouldn't be the case I mean they should be pounding the ball and, and trying to grind out some wins and letting their defense rest a little bit and that just really hasn't that really hasn't been the case and for whatever for whatever reason I mean I I honestly I. I thought C.J. Anderson was, you know, one of the better running backs in the NFL. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that people viewed him as, you know, kind of an up-and-comer, and all of a sudden he's in his, you know, his fifth season, and he rushed for, what, 13 yards, you know, last week against Eagles, averaged 1.4 right. yards per carry. And it's just, it's sort of amazing how, you know, I think little things start to go wrong here or there, and we see this with sports teams in general, that, you know, the wheels start to fall off, and you start to have problems everywhere. You know, your secondary, which is, Star-studded has issues. Your your pass rush, star-studded, they they have issues, and all of a sudden you have three good running backs, and you're not averaging, you know, 100 rush yards per game. It's like, what's going on? I guess in in a sense, it's a good time for the Patriots to be going to Denver. I think so too, and I, you know, I I know that a lot of people are, you know, tweeting at me on on Twitter that. You know, this is where the the Patriots are primed to be beaten. They're beaten up coming off their bye week. They'll be sluggish. Uh, they're not getting Shea McClellan back. Um, they have their own issues, you know, on defense. And uh, the Patriots, you know, are, are going to be there without Chris Hogan. That's another big concern for a lot of uh, people who think that the Patriots are going to go in there and, and struggle and lose the game. I just don't see it that way because I think Belichick knows exactly what Mike McCoy is going to do. He is going to, I think Belichick's going to take away the run game like they did last year and, you know, make it a rock fight. And Denver wasn't able to move the ball at all. And as you know, the Patriots went there and won 16 to three. That's kind of the game I see unfolding again this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if you can try to make this a, a shootout, it's going to be tough for Brock Osweiler to keep up with you, right? The worst thing that can happen for for the Patriots is, is one of those slow, grinded out games that where you know first first team to twenty wins. You don't want that to happen in Denver when you have a struggling offense. You you want to make them try to score. You want to push the pace. I'm not entirely sure Brock Osweiler can do that, but yeah, I think it's setting up nicely for the Patriots to you know win off the bye on the road. And, and I think, you know, wins like this, even though Denver hasn't been playing well, it's it's a momentum builder. 
you know, these guys, especially the veterans, know how difficult it is to win in Denver. So when you do, it, it creates momentum. You know, for example, last year, I remember Logan Ryan in Denver was very passionate after they beat the Broncos. And he said, like, that, that was the first time the Pats beat the Broncos since he was, you know, on the team for four years. And it was such a goal. It was a big goal for the team. That's what they wanted. That was one of the things they marked down. They wanted to beat the Broncos in Denver. And when they did, it just created positive momentum. And, it, you know, it, it ran all the way to the Super Bowl. You bringing your skis to Colorado and staying the week with the team? <laughs> you know what? No, I'm not. I have a um, I have a baby here at home, so I'll be uh, coming back home to you know play play dad before I go back to Mexico City and have some fun out there. Wow! So how's how are those logistics going to work? Are you going to leave for Mexico City on the Friday? Um, or I'm no, you know I'm I'm not. I'm I'm actually going to leave um Saturday morning early, um, eight a.m. I have a layover, and I'll I'll get to Mexico City by three in the afternoon. And well, that's not bad. Try to enjoy, yeah, no, I'll try to enjoy a little bit and get dinner, and then you know see the pass pick on the Raiders. Yeah, that uh, I'm I'm fascinated to see how the Patriots do. Uh, coming on, you know, obviously they stay in Colorado because they're going to be. Uh, getting used to altitude in Mexico City, which is even higher altitude than mile high uh, in Denver. So, you know, uh, certainly I understand that. But it'll be interesting the next couple of weeks to see uh, how the Patriots adjust. And, you know, a lot of players have already said uh, on the record that this is a great way for the team to bond and come together. And I I think it's going to go okay for the Patriots. But I I do think that, I don't want to say this week's a must-win, but it, it would certainly... Uh, give you a different feel about this team going into Mexico City if they take care of business in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And remember that the next six weeks, five of those games are on the road. So you certainly want to start off strong here just to get going. I mean, you know, the, the Pats will feel what they're they're six and two, right, going into week ten. I'd expect them to honestly to lose, you know, one or two more games, and it'll probably happen in this stretch. You know, whether they you know, lose to Buffalo or they lose to Miami. But, you know, at the end of the day, they just need to put themselves in position to get one of those top seats. And, you know, with the way the NFL is shaping out, with the Chiefs losing all of a sudden, and, you know, the Pats are right there in the thick of it. So, you know, they keep losing these players, but as long as they keep winning and get that number one seed, it'll be, uh, you know, back to business as usual. All right, Mark, once again, how can people follow you social and on the web? Yeah, you guys can follow me at uh, Mark Daniels PJ on Twitter. I believe I'm also Mark Daniels PJ on Instagram, but I'm not that entertaining. So, but if you want to follow me, go ahead. I got some good um, binocular photos up there. <laughs> and uh, follow you online and 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 read your stories at theprojo.com. Correct. Yep, yep. ProvidenceJournal.com. All my stuff will be there. Outstanding. I appreciate you taking time. Stay with CLNS all day on game day, starting with the CLNS Media New England Patriots pregame show with Alex Barth a half hour before every game. Then you can catch the postgame show with Marvin Izon and Mike Molino live after every single game on clnsmedia.com. Subscribe to both on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube now. Also, get daily team updates on the Patriots Newsfeed podcast with Tyler Trudeau, which is also available on the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show feed, available once again on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. want to once again thank our guest, Mark Daniels, from the Providence Journal. You can follow him on Twitter 
at Mark Daniels PJ. You can also give us a follow at Patriots underscore beat and at CLNS Media. Of course, give my own personal account a follow at Trags. Today's sponsors were Harry's Razors and Draft. For Patriots content manager Michael Longi, CLNS Media executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network Nick Gelso, thanks to everyone who tuned in. This is Mike Petralia, and this is the Patriots Beat podcast powered by CLNS Media. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher, and the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. <laughs>